time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. This is the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller. He's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find Glenn online at GreensboroRetirement.com. That's GreensboroRetirement.com. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the important financial terms that you should know. Why? Well, a lot of financial terms can be confusing. Even if you've heard them talked about a lot in the news or in a financial meeting, perhaps at work, or even around the dinner table with family around the holidays, sometimes we still don't really grasp what these things mean, even if we've heard them time and time again. So I want to explore some of these things that you might have heard that you maybe haven't ever heard before, but let's get a true, better understanding of what they all mean. One, Glenn, that I think I've heard a hundred times, and I still have to really think about what it actually means. It's like one of those SAT words that you hear. You're supposed to know the definition for, and then you just, you never internalize it. You know what I mean? You just don't instantly know what somebody's talking about. In-service distribution. I've heard it a million times. Still, I struggle to like really put a definition to that. Right. Well, they're well, an in-service distribution, and kind of break it down, like you say, in-service means you're still working, and you're still working there at that company. And distribution means you're moving money out of your retirement account. Maybe it's your 401k or your 403b or those types of employer-based accounts. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is, well, folks say, well, isn't that going to create, you know, a taxable event? And it could if it's not done properly. But a way to think about it, if it's done properly, it's like an in-service rollover. You know, you're rolling over, you know, your funds. Maybe you're not exactly happy with all of the choices that you have or the lack thereof within your retirement plan at work. But, you know, you like the idea of being able to, you know, take control of that and be able to make additional choices that are not available within your 401k or that type of an account at your job. And you can literally just do a rollover of those funds, go into a traditional IRA, assuming it was a traditional 401k. If it was a Roth 401k, then obviously it would go into a Roth IRA. But it gives you the ability to move those dollars and start you know, positioning them in a way that is going to serve you better in your retirement years so that you're kind of getting a head start and you know, making your money work for you the way you want it to be working for you and you know, being able to take advantage of additional choices that are out there. They're normally not, not an abundance of choices when you're looking at the retirement plans at work. So it's kind of a challenging word, you know, folks think in terms of distribution means, oh my goodness, it's going to be a taxable thing. And like I say, if it's not done right, it might be, but if it's done properly, it's just another form of a rollover. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So they couldn't just call it a while working distribution. They had to go with the fancy in-service term. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know, it's one of those things, Walter. I mean, they don't ask me before they make these words, you know, but they are what they are. But once you kind of demystify it, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I understand now. Yeah. I'm all for knowledge. I remember a kid in elementary school once said, you know, something happened and I called it hilarious. I said, oh, that's hilarious. And then the kid said, why do you say hilarious? Why don't you just say that's funny? And I was always just like, I don't know. It's a different way to say it. It's maybe it's a more sophisticated way of describing my feelings about the subject. I can be slightly more accurate with how I feel. He didn't get it. He didn't get why I called it hilarious <laughs> instead of just funny. I guess maybe I'm on the other side of the coin now going, why can't they just call it, you know, while working distribution? Right. Well, it's not as right. fancy. All right. Let's go to another one here. A Roth conversion. Again, one we've all probably heard, but let's put a true understanding to what's involved with a Roth conversion. 
So first thing we obviously want to do, Walter, is we want to understand, you know, the difference between a Roth account versus a traditional account. So a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k would mean that you have pre-tax dollars in that account, that you've made those contributions with money that before you've paid taxes on it. Whereas on a Roth account, it's money that's already been taxed and now it's in the account and then the growth can be tax-free, assuming that you follow the few rules that are there. But the idea that within a Roth account is that you're going to be able to make distributions from that Roth account sometime down the line and what you've put in there has already been taxed and so that won't be taxed again and the growth would not be taxed either. And so that's the kind of the difference between the Roth and the traditional. Now, a conversion simply means that you're taking what would be like a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, and then you're converting it into a Roth. So when we convert it into a Roth, that means, well, if it's going into a Roth, that means we've already paid taxes. So that means if we're taking pre-tax dollars and putting them into an account where we've already paid the taxes, so then we have to think in terms of the price to entry is we have to pay the taxes as we do that conversion. And then the taxes are then paid and they move from a place where they would be forever taxed as they came out of a pre-tax account or a traditional IRA into a Roth account where you pay the taxes once, you get that over with, and then later down the line, you'll be able to take those distributions tax-free since the taxes would have already been paid. Does that make sense, Walter? Yep, that would make a lot of sense as well. So that's the Roth conversion we should be thinking about. All right, let's jump to another term. This one is fiduciary, a fun word to kind of say, fiduciary. This one's been in the news a lot over the last, oh, I guess, year or two, the fiduciary standard, or uh, you might have heard that you know, in an article somewhere or somebody talk about it at some point in time. Maybe not. Maybe you haven't heard that word before, but what is there to know about a fiduciary? So, Walter, just simply means that the person that you're working with, if they are a fiduciary, they are working in your best interest. It's their job to understand who you are, what your needs are, what your goals are, what your concerns are. And then, you know, once they have a better understanding of all of those things and the resources that you have, then it's now their job to help you organize your affairs in such a way that it's serving you best. You can compare that with what we would call the suitability standard, where if you have a certain amount of money and the advisor that you're working with is operating under a suitability standard, and that simply means that if you told them, hey, I've got X number of dollars and I'm willing to take this much risk, then at that point they can put you into any kind of an investment vehicle or financial vehicle that they think is suitable based on the fact that you're willing to take certain risks and so forth. So it's quite a bit different in terms of thinking about that fiduciary standard versus a suitability standard. Obviously, if you're working with a fiduciary, you can feel confident that they're going to be working in your best interest and understanding who you are and what you need, and then developing you know, or giving you ideas and thoughts about how to position things with you know, that confidence and that peace of mind knowing, hey, they're helping me out and I know that they're in my corner rather than they're just trying to sell me something. Yeah, I think that's important to make sure you can differentiate between the two. Makes a lot of sense there as well, Glenn. All right, another buzzword in important financial term you should know, risk aversion. Or you might hear it you know, described as, are you risk averse? Either way, we're kind of talking about the same thing, right? Right. Well, I mean, Walter, that means that you're trying to avoid risk. 
you're risk averse or you have big risk aversion. And so, you know, there's going to be some folks who are a little bit more averse to risk than others. And that can be good. That can be bad. It kind of depends upon your particular situation, but just understanding what that means. And then you need to, you know, look at your situation and hopefully working with an advisor who is able to take a look at your overall situation, you know, and then help you determine, you know, what is the appropriate type of risk? I mean, some folks have a little bit more fear than others, you know, for a variety of different reasons. And sometimes they're justified and sometimes they are, well, golly, I mean, if we thought about it in a little different way, maybe there's not a reason to feel as risk averse. But again, I mean, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just to make sure that any way you're thinking about risk, you should be thinking about it in a way that makes sense for you and your situation and making sure that you're not taking too much risk which is like if you're risk averse, you're not likely to do that. But you may want to make sure that you're taking the appropriate amount of risk, you know, with certain dollars that you have or certain accounts that you might have, you know, in your portfolio to make sure that you are, you know, positioning yourself so that you can have what you want to have down the line when you when it's time for retirement, that the money can grow doesn't necessarily have to be at, a, at a lots of risk. But we need to understand what risk is and how to manage that risk rather than just being afraid of it and, and being totally risk averse. Does that make sense? Always does. Yes. And that makes sense a lot, Glenn. Risk averse. Very important question because it's going to be something you're asked about when it comes to your financial and retirement planning might take on the form of a couple of different ways of phrasing that question, but the principle is still there. All right, last but not least, everybody's heard this word before, Glenn, diversification, but it has a different meaning to so many different folks as well. Sure it does, Walter, and I think most people understand the idea, like you say, most people have heard the idea of diversification. Another way of saying that is don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Everybody's heard that, and you say you want to have some money here and some money there, and you know, sometimes it's thought of as asset allocation. You know, A lot of people have heard that, and that's one form of helping you diversify things. For me, when I'm looking at things, I mean, all of those things come into play, but I also want to think in terms of non-correlation. You know, non-correlation is a different way of thinking about diversification in that we want to make sure that when we're looking at what we're holding in our portfolio you know, and how it's designed and how our plan is designed, we want to make sure that you know, if something happens in the economy, it doesn't necessarily cause a chain reaction. For instance, you know, if you look back in 2008, and everybody's familiar with that, whenever you even just say that year, you know, people start to cringe sometimes because of what happened in 2008, you know, when the markets kind of came apart. And a lot of people had very diverse portfolios in that type of an environment, but it's still, you know, they still ended up having their account values drop significantly. And so one of the things you want to start thinking about is, well, you know, what kind of diversification? If you have things that are diverse, but they're highly correlated to the same elements that are in the economy, and those same elements repeat themselves, and it's a down cycle, well, a lot of diversification might end up being that there's lots of ways to lose money. And I'm not saying that diversification is not important, but I think what's really important, you know, more so than just the idea of saying diversification, uh, it's a word that I don't think is necessarily specific enough. I think folks really want to start thinking more along the lines of, you know, well, how correlated are all these things? I mean, if something happens in the economy, is everything going to move together? If things are going up, then that might be a good thing. But at the same time, you might end up having, you know, quite a bit of risk that you really are unaware of if things are highly correlated and suddenly the economic cycle turns down. So really, you know, you want to delve into it and ask your advisor, what do they mean by diversification? 
you know, I mean, and have them explain it to you. And then you know, kind of pose the what ifs. Well, this type of diversification, what would it have done for me going through a 2008 or maybe going back to the market downturn before that in 2000, 2001, 2002, you know, when the dot coms came apart and the, the economy, you know, was having a difficult time. You, know, you really want to know, well, is that diversification that you're suggesting for me, is that going to help protect me or, you know, what exactly does that mean? And those are some interesting conversations that you can get into with your advisor and find out exactly what they're talking about. Because, you know, diversification is just is a word that that it's just kind of nebulous and that so many people are going to take different ideas about what it really truly means. And I think it's worthwhile delving into the details of that and having an advisor explain to you what they mean by that. And different ones are going to have different answers for you. And then that'll help you decide whether or not you're working with the right person or not. Well, if you need some help navigating through the myriad of buzzwords and topics and questions and conversations that are out there when it comes to your money and your finances, Glenn Mosseller is a registered financial consultant and a founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, and he can help navigate through those waters with you. If you've got questions, I invite you to give him a call at 336-291-3535. Talk to him about what you're going through, what your plans are. Do you have the best plans in place for your financial future? And he can help analyze all those different things. 336-291-3535 or simply online at greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks so much for the help on the podcast today and we'll do it again next time around. Fantastic, Walter. Talk to you soon. We appreciate it. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to go to greensbororetirement.com. Click on free consultation at the bottom of the page to schedule your time to meet with Glenn. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. Yeah.